This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 30th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Puerto Rico's budgetary mismanagement is significant, but it's not the only reason Puerto Rico is in such dire financial straits. Its island status means certain regulations cost Puerto Rico far more than they do states on the mainland. Nicole Kading, a budget analyst at the Cato Institute, explains. Currently has about $72 billion in outstanding debt obligations. And that puts their debt to GDP ratio. It's a good way to compare different size states and countries at about 70%. For comparison, the average US state has a debt to GDP ratio of about 15%. Um, the, lo- the state with the largest debt-to-GDP ratio is Rhode Island, and it's at approximately 20%. So Puerto Rico has a very, very large debt burden. And what they said, what the governor said this week is that, frankly, the, the island can't pay its debts back, um, and its state-owned utility company will likely miss a debt payment this week. What has Puerto Rico's contribution to the debt problem been? The island's budget is frankly a mess. Um, the, the island has refused to tackle and acknowledge of how bad its budget crisis has been. Um, it has done things like raise taxes, but then provides a number of loopholes to corporations that basically exempt them from taxation. Uh, it consent, continues to spend wildly. Uh, it's basically refused to tackle these issues. A great example, several years ago, the state the island actually released its budget document in Spanish. Spanish is, of course, a very prominent language in Puerto Rico, but refused to actually release the budget documents in English so that most other budget analysts could actually go through the budget, see where they were spending money, where they were wasting money. And so the island has refused to confront this issue um, over the last decade. Uh, Whatever mismanagement Puerto Rico has been involved in, there are a lot of factors that are contributing to this that you say are just working against them in any case in a way that uh, those factors would not affect normal, regular old U.S. states. Right. So one, uh, while we had a a great recession in the late 2000s and our economy is growing slowly here on the mainland, it is still growing. Uh, GDP in Puerto Rico has decreased every year for the last 10 years. Uh, And a large part of that is because of federal laws and regulations and how they apply to Puerto Rico. For instance, the federal minimum wage, $7.25 an hour here in the mainland, but it also applies to Puerto Rico. And it has a disproportionate effect in Puerto Rico because the island's per capita income is much lower. So, for instance, uh, in the mainland, the minimum wage is about 28% of per capita income. In Puerto Rico, it's 77% of per capita income. In the mainland, about 3% of hourly workers earn the minimum wage. In Puerto Rico, it's 28% uh, that earn the minimum wage. So the minimum wage has a dramatic effect on limiting job creation and job growth on the island. And one presumes that that would affect taxable wages in terms of people doing work off books. It it does. So they have a very large gray economy in Puerto Rico as well. Uh, And so the labor force participation rate, a measure of how many people are working on the mainland is about 62%. In Puerto Rico, it's 40%. And so those issues um, has also been compounded with the fact that many of the uh, highly skilled individuals in Puerto Rico, those with high levels of education, have actually left the island over the last five years and moved toward the mainland. Their population is decreasing. 
um, on the island. So it's a, it's a if it if we're treating Puerto Rico as a state, it has a great deal of poverty. It would have a great deal of poverty, um, and it does have a great deal of poverty. It also has this negative uh, population growth. Only one state, West Virginia in the U.S., has negative population growth, other than. Puerto Rico. Uh, Similarly, there's another federal law called the Jones Act. It predates the New Deal. And it has to do with regulations on how you ship goods via water between U.S. port to U.S. port. It requires that the goods come on a U.S. vessel that is run by U.S. citizens and U.S. permanent residents. Well, because Puerto Rico is an island nation. All of their goods come via water. Uh, And so it raises the cost of transportation, of sending goods to the island, in particular because the island produces all of its electricity using oil and not coal or natural gas or any of the renewable green energy sources. It has to import all of the oil that that is used to produce its electricity. As a result, its electricity rates are two or three times those of here in the mainland. What are the likely steps forward for Puerto Rico? So that is something that's going to be open for discussion and debate. The governor has signaled that that they will default. Um, So the the first question is how likely are creditors to renegotiate favorable lending deals? Um, It is possible that creditors will agree to trade the current bonds they have for different bonds, maybe exchange for a higher interest rate, but extend the duration. Um, So that will be one thing that will be um, discussed. There, of course, will also be discussions about what role Congress should have in providing additional funding to the island, should there be some sort of bailout provided. Um, I think that's less likely, but I do think that's something that will be discussed. In addition, what Puerto Rico is asking for is the ability for its municipalities to file bankruptcy. So while Puerto Rico and all of the 50 states cannot file bankruptcy, municipalities on the mainland can. Detroit filed bankruptcy several years ago, as did Stockton, California. Right now, the municipalities in Puerto Rico do not have that ability. They are an exemption to Chapter 9 of the Bankruptcy Code. So Puerto Rico is asking Congress to revisit that. And then what goes on past that, I think it's it's a, lo- a large question of how much the governor of Puerto Rico and the legislature is really willing to tackle this issue. Uh, and regardless of whatever happens, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be pain-free. Nicole Kading is a budget analyst at the Cato Institute. Read more of her work at Cato.org.